Welcome to Sisology. Sisology is the study of dope as millennial women learning to navigate through the modern world by sharing experiences, minding their business, avoiding drama, and bossing up. Hey, sis. Just know this is a judgment-free zone where we unapologetically break down all things women, life, love, and hustle. We're here with your sisters, Naima, Nia B, Lulu, and Kay. So honey, fill up your glass, pull up a chair, take some notes, and get ready for a dope-ass session. What's going on, Sisologists? Welcome back to another episode of Sisology, the podcast. If you have not yet gone to follow us on all of our social media, please go check us out on Instagram at Sisology, the podcast, and make sure you go subscribe and like and follow and leave a review wherever you can on our podcast. So I got my sisters with me. What up, ladies? Hey, hey, hey. hey. What's hey, up? Hey. Dry, dry. Hey, girl, Ooh. hey. Because uh, I sure put a couple hey, hey, hey's out there, and that was pretty moist. You did, okay? <laughs> you were the most live of, of the three. You were. I mean, I said what's up, but I'm hot. My fan is off because I don't want the sound in the microphone. <laughs> I swear, I'm sitting up in the corner of my bedroom sweating little beads and balls all down my forehead. You look like yes. you got a whole sweatshirt on, too. Like, what is happening? It's a crop top short sleeve hoodie. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. You got the air coming from the bottom. Right. Yeah, yeah. Blowing up. My stomach ain't hot. <laughs> right. Stomach action. Stomach cool as a breeze, nigga. Nigga hot everywhere else. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> ladies, this week, what we got going on? What 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 is happening in the world? Well, today is my baby girl's birthday. She is three years old today. Happy, happy birthday, Carson. And they have more toys than I feel like should be allowed. Like, our apartment is not big enough for all of the toys that they get from uh, aunts and uncles and Gigi's and grandmas and pawpaws. Oh, my God. But thank the good Lord. They are so blessed because they have so many people that care about them. It really is a village. That's what's up. That's a fact. I feel that. Yes. Naima, you had your finger up. I did. So... Okay, I'm about to put your business on the street. I am. No. I am. I am. I am. I am. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm about to get a whooping. <laughs> so I was at I was at Kay's house last week because I had to go pick up a package. And um, she was telling me how she had been exercising and things like that. I was like, oh, that's what's up. That's dope. She told me she had been running. I was like, that's awesome. Like, great. You know what I'm saying? So she tells me she's been running at 10 o'clock. My mind, of course, thinks 10 a.m. Nah, this heifer is running these, I'm going to call it ghetto streets, okay, at 10 p.m. I said, okay, because it came up because she was showing me her keys and this little new gadget that she got. So when it separates, it it releases a loud siren or some shit. I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. She was like, yeah, I bring it with me on my runs. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Do you know this heifer has been going outside by her damn self at 10 p.m. running? (laughs) I was like... Where the fuck is your husband? No, bitch. It's 10 p.m. at night. And you are a woman running these streets. Mm. I, mm. I already had to get on her. And I told her husband, I said, you let her go outside by herself again. It's too much shit happening to women out here for you to be letting her go outside at 10 p.m. at night running and shit. Now. I'm gone for 14 minutes. You are 14 minutes. I have my taser <laughs> and I have my taser and my mace and my keychain. You you going fourteen like, minute runs, Kay? Huh? Well, she want to say she a grown ass woman. Like, yeah, I do this, <laughs> but she like for real no whooped me while she was here grown. though. Ain't like, no question about being grown. It's all about being fucking safe. <laughs> right. I was still being safe. I wasn't. I didn't have my headphones in. Oh my god! Yes. I'm like, what are you? I was being all this safe still. <laughs> My pocket. I got boobies. some real nice new. Uh, yeah, I got lots of space in there. <laughs> 
I got some really nice new workout pants, and they have really deep pockets, and they carry everything I need. But now, because I have been chastised, I now only run with Brandon. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because teamwork make the dream Wait, work. Wait, but your, your runs, Kay, were like 14-minute runs? Like, that's what you do? Specifically So, I try. Specifically is I'm doing a mile. And I used to, like, you know how when we were in high school, we had to run the mile and, you know, gauge yourself. And they, I think the target was like eight minutes was what you were supposed to do it in. At least that's what I remember. And I remember cutting across the field all the time and half-assing my runs and it still being like 10, 11 minutes. But now I started, when I started my running uh, after the baby, so this was probably like three and a half, four weeks ago that I've been running and I started at 18 minutes and now I'm down to 14. Oh, wow. Dope. You run the whole time? So. Uh, I started off just power walking and then start with like adding a uh, run a block and then walk and run and walk. And now I'm starting to get up to the point where I can run longer portions of it. So I'm really proud of myself. Yay. That's awesome. I'm proud of you too. That's that awesome. awesome. Thank you. Yes. Leave her alone. She is a grown ass. Yeah. It ain't, I'm not going to leave nobody alone that I care and love, especially when it comes to some safe shit. I, I ain't tell you not to work out. I just said be safe. nigga. You out here by I yourself. Know late at night <laughs> and i do understand i understand her her exact words to me that night which to be honest y'all gotta get you a naima because <laughs> she said i wouldn't forgive myself if something happened to you and i know that you out here running by yourself and i didn't say something to you so i i appreciate the sentiment of where it came yes. from so i'm Thank not you. i'm not mad at it I appreciate that. <laughs> you I appreciate all should that. have friends like her somebody that cares about you even yeah. though i am a grown-ass woman yeah, you know you know it's a gray area sometimes yeah. <laughs> oh oh this a little drop for beyonce's grown-ass woman can you can we play that can, can we play that in the come for us if we put that in here yeah i feel like that's i don't know that's, that's, that a nice right. i think so <laughs> oh okay <laughs> y'all can sing it though Please yeah you can sing it. it see but i'm Okay, I'm a person who don't know words to songs, so if you really know me, then you know that I mix up every word in every song, but it goes some... But can I play it? No, I can't play nah, it. I think it is it like, mm-hmm. I'm a we grown woman. I do yes. whatever I want. And Girl. I can do whatever yeah. I want. Mm. <laughs> I'm good. a grown woman. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, Lou. We heard you. We heard you. You know, so we hit like... Uh, back of the throat. <laughs> Y'all are so oh. terrible. Okay. All right. So what is this episode about? What are we talking oh, about this week, lady? I got one thing I want to share, y'all. Oh, ahead, My son ahead. started daycare this week. Yay. That's yes. right. And Yay. I moved the little nuggets bed out my room into his room. Did <laughs> you? We are, we're graduating, honey. He has moved from two now, to four. Yes. <laughs> has he been sleeping in the bed in his room? No, this. Tonight would be the first night in a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she just threw that in there real subtle, like, nah, nah, not yet. Baby Move steps, baby steps. <laughs> hey, that's the first step. That's We're the first starting step. today. Okay. We're starting today. <laughs> and now he's calling me mom. He's like, no, mom. Please, <gasps> mom. So it's like bittersweet. You know, we're graduating from mama to mom or mom mom. <laughs> she like that's all right we moving him out the way we got another one coming <laughs> that's a whole i'm not gonna story. be the only one i'm not gonna sure. get into it mm-hmm. okay all right well congratulations lou for getting june in his bed kind of sort of and uh, your daycare <laughs> journey ava started daycare too um but it's been a whole thing like between daycare and these allergies my baby has seven oh. food allergies and we learned she's allergic to amoxicillin, uh, and it's just so much. But she went she went to daycare one time, like, last week, and then she had, like, all these allergies and ear infection and then amoxicillin. But she went back today, and you know what I find so interesting? When I go pick her up, she busts into tears, like, like tears, tears, like, 
oh my god you're back i thought you left me i thought it was over and i was never gonna see you again and now you're here (laughs) and i don't know what to do with my emotions like literally (laughs) cries like someone just pinched her like (laughs) i get that too nia Mm-hmm. I get that too. Does June do that too? Like, yes, for, crying? yes. For that the last so couple funny. days, he's been crying. Like, yesterday he was fine. Today in the morning, he was hugging on my leg, like gripping on my leg. And then he was fine during the day. But it's when I come inside to pick him up, he just runs out. Mama, <laughs> crying. Really and then they be looking at him like, "Yo, you were just fine." Right. I really think that. They thought we weren't going to come back for them. And then they just get overwhelmed with, like, joyful emotion Mm -hmm. (laughs) when we pick them up. It's so funny (laughs) to me. Charles, I'm going to have to record it one day because she goes nuts. But anyway, (laughs) y'all, so this episode, we really wanted to um, talk about something that I recently recently learned this term. Um, I actually learned it on Clubhouse. They had a whole Clubhouse room about it. And um, Mm. the term is imposter syndrome. Um, have you guys ever heard that term? No, I have not. No. Imposter syndrome is the idea that you've only succeeded due to luck and not because of your talent or qualifications. Um, the term was first identified in 1978 by psychologists Pauline Rose, Clance, and Suzanne Imes. Um, so these two women came together and kind of... Um, theorized that women were uniquely affected by imposter syndrome as opposed to men. Mm-hmm. I guess both men and women can suffer from, and well, I, p- I put quotes around suffer, right? Suffer from imposter syndrome, but um, it's a thing, apparently. And um, in this article by Time Magazine, um, they really break down what that looks like, right? So being... Um, it's really like having that perfectionist feeling when you set your goals so high, um, you set these expectations for yourself so high. And even if you meet the majority of that expectation, you still feel like a failure. Or even um, if you if you like are naturally just someone who uh, doesn't have to try very hard to um to like ace a test right if you if you don't usually have to study very hard for a test and you usually like get all the answers right but then you fail a test now you feel like oh I'm not good enough I think it's just the feeling of just doubting yourself and your capabilities especially when you're highly successful you feel like you don't belong you feel like you are just succeeding by luck and not actually because you deserve it or that you worked for it that's deep mm-hmm. that's deep yeah that's mm-hmm. a lot have you guys ever had any of these type of feelings i would say yeah oh yeah i feel like yeah there's an article that i was reading earlier on verywellmind.com and it kind of outlined some of the types of imposter syndrome and I found that I fit in with three of them. Uh, the perfectionist, which is uh, those who are never satisfied, always feel like their work could be better. Rather than focus on their strengths, they tend to fixate on any flaws or mistakes. And this often leads to a great deal of self-pressure and amounts of high anxiety. I also identified with the natural genius uh, that these individuals set <clears throat> lofty goals for themselves and then feel crushed when they don't succeed on their first try. I don't know if you guys feel that. Uh, but then I also resonated kind of with the soloist and it said that uh, those people tend to be very individualistic and prefer to work alone. Self-worth often stems from their productivity. So they often reject offers of assistance and they tend to seek asking for, or they tend to see asking for help as a sign of weakness or incompetence. Damn. I feel like I'm guilty of that. Wow. See? and those were just the three that i kind of resonated with but there's also the superhero which Mm -hmm. is people who uh individuals that feel inadequate because they feel compelled to push themselves to work as hard as possible and the expert uh those individuals are always trying to learn more and are never satisfied with their level of understanding even though they are often highly skilled they underrate their own expertise Mm. oh I think that was. <laughs> I, I feel like I was reading some things for everybody. And what's, what's that last one again? What's it called? What's the title of it? That was uh, the expert. 
Exit Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's the one she resonated with. <laughs> like, I was like, so wait a minute. As said... I'm listening, like, hmm. <laughs> well, damn. Okay, you learn something so, new every day. Okay. So, ladies, this is what I want to do. There is a test that, or a quiz that we are going to take right now that is going to tell us if we have imposter feelings about ourselves. So grab a piece of paper or something to write these numbers down. I'm going to read off uh, the statement and you're going to rate it. Uh, Number one is not true at all. Number two is rarely. Number three is sometimes. Number four is often. Number five is very true. So when I read the statement, you need to decide. Right now, girl, she got she giving homework on a podcast episode. Y'all better be writing this stuff down too. Whoever listening, follow along. Sure, exactly. This is gonna help us. Now, give me number one again. What that means? Look, look, look. Listen, Linda. She said, "Listen, Linda." Linda. So we're going to do this um, challenge right now to see if you have any of those imposter feelings or thoughts about yourself. So basically what I'm going to do is read a statement. And after I read the statement, you are going to rate yourself, your feelings about said statement. So um, if you rate it number one, that means it's not true at all. If you rate it number two, that means you rarely feel that way. Number three means I sometimes feel that way. Number four means I often feel that way. And number five means that that's a very true statement. I completely relate. Did everybody get that? Mm-hmm. Ready. All right. So, number one, I have often succeeded on a test or task, even though I was afraid that I would not do well before I undertook the task. Okay, everybody wrote their number down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on. Two, I can give the impression that I am more competent than I really am. Three, I avoid evaluations if possible, and I dread others evaluating me. Number four, when people praise me for something I've accomplished, I am afraid I won't be able to live up to their expectations of me in the future. Number five. I sometimes think I obtained my present position or gained my present success because I happened to be in the right place at the right time or knew the right people. Number six, I'm afraid people important to me may find out that I am not as capable as they think I am. Uh, What number are we on? Number seven, I tend to remember the incidents in which I have not done my best more than those times I have done my best. Number eight, I rarely do a project or task as well as I like to do it. Number nine, sometimes I feel or believe that my success in my life or in my job has been a result of some kind of error. Number 10, it's hard for me to accept compliments or praise about my intelligence or accomplishments. There's only a few more questions, guys. 11, at times I feel my success has been due to some kind of luck. Number 12, I'm disappointed at times in my present accomplishments and think I should have accomplished more. Yeah, I I can give the impression that I'm more competent than I really am. Number 13, sometimes I'm afraid others will discover how much knowledge or ability I really lack. Number 14, I'm often afraid that I may fail at a new assignment or undertaking, even though I generally do well at what I attempt. Number 15, there's only five more now. When I've succeeded at something and received recognition for my accomplishments, I have doubts that I can keep repeating that success. If I receive a great deal of praise and recognition for something I've accomplished, I tend to discount the importance of what I've done. I often compare my ability to those around me and think they may be more intelligent than I am. I often worry about succeeding with a project or examination, even though others around me have considerable confidence that I will do well. 
If I'm going to receive a promotion or gain recognition of some kind, I hesitate to tell others until it's an accomplished fact. Number 20, I feel bad and discouraged if I'm not the best or at least very special in situations that involve achievement. Okay, so that was it, guys. Um, so you should have answered all 20 questions. We're going to take a quick second. If you're listening, just pause this and add up all your numbers. Um, and then we'll go from there. So again, that was just a imposter syndrome test to kind of gauge how you feel about yourself. The imposter test was developed to help individuals determine whether or not they have imposter syndrome characteristics. And if so, to what extent they are suffering, quote unquote. So after taking the test, Add together the numbers or the responses of each statement. If the total score is 40 or less, the respondent has few imposter characteristics. If the score is between 41 and 60, the respondent has moderate imposter syndrome experiences. As a score between 61 and 80 means the respondent frequently has imposter feelings. A score higher than 80 means the respondent often has intense imposter experiences. The higher the score, the more frequently and seriously the imposter phenomenon interferes with a person's life. So with that being said, um, again, this was a test that was not created by us. It was created by Pauline Rose Clance. Um, so we are going to give them all of the credit for that. But ladies, do you care to share your scores? Lou? 60. 60. Okay. Oh, you said Lou. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. 60, who was so moderate. Who said 60? I'm sorry. Oh, Kay. Kay, you said 60. Uh, okay, that's moderate. That's good. That's really good. All right. Who's next? Jasmine. <laughs> I got 41. <laughs> 41. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you like are not even on the radar, <laughs> are you? Let me see. Yeah, the score Like 40. barely. Like I just okay, made it. All right. That's why I was like, you I don't know what that is. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> cool Lou I got 72 mm, yeah yeah I can I can relate I got 74 really that's interesting okay yeah, okay and before this Lou you said you didn't know what imposter syndrome was not until Nia mentioned it for the episode but okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> nope yeah, I had yeah. no idea wow the things you learn wow yeah very interesting so in another article I read um, that I'm going to actually tie directly into this quote-unquote imposter syndrome. So this article is titled Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome. It's written by uh, Rashika Tashlion. Sorry, I butchered that. I know I did. And Jody <laughs> Ann Burry. So in this article, um, they tell the story about a young woman called uh, named Talisa. So the article starts, Talisa was exhausted. She had led the change at her corporate event management company to plan a high-profile security intensive event working around the clock through the weekends for months. Barack Obama was the lead keynote speaker. They later go on to describe that, of course, Talisa was a black woman. So she, after all, the only black woman on her team. She began doubting whether she was qualified for the job after receiving bullying and um, people in her, her colleagues calling her unprofessional and questioning decisions she had made in her job. Again, she was the only black woman on her team. She began to doubt herself. So in this situation, you would automatically say, oh, you know, she would she could be diagnosed with imposter syndrome, right? She could be told by a psychologist that, oh, you have these feelings of self-doubt. Oh, you don't, you know, you even though you're super successful, you're definitely qualified to be in your position. You worked hard to get there. However, you are suffering from imposter syndrome. Now, here I ask the question, do you believe that this woman is suffering from imposter syndrome or from something else? 
something else. I'll say something Systematic else. Systematic racism. Yes, oh, ma'am. Okay. Oh. Well, we went we went there. Okay. Um <laughs> I was gonna say something else. Um right along with Lou. <laughs> but okay, you wanna unpack that for me? There you go. <laughs> well, I just mean like the fact that you can say all you want that it had nothing to do with race. Not you guys. I'm just saying, you know, people can say that things don't have to do with race, but ultimately the like climate that the world is in right now the majority of things do have to do with that and with her being the only black woman you know on her team and them questioning her i bet you if it was a white man they wouldn't question them Mm. the same way and that's all just like bias within the system of corporate america in general they don't see you don't see a lot of our faces in that i don't know in particular what her job was but like for me i work for the local government and walking down the hallway to get to the bathroom, all I see is these old white men faces on the walls. I don't see none of us up there. So like things like that, just the visual, like you can see. So when they see somebody that's in power that doesn't look like them, of course they're going to question it. So I'm not saying that, you know, that's not, it's not correct. I'm going to say it. It ain't right. Because we can make those powerful decisions, too, and we should be in positions of power, especially when it has to do with us. But that's a whole other subject and a whole other uh, episode. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) But I just mean to sum that up in a nutshell, yeah, uh, institutional racism and all of that has something to do with it. I don't think it's necessarily imposter syndrome. It could be that on top of, but I don't think that's the primary. You know, okay, that's actually the direction I was going with this, and you took the words right out of my mouth because... (laughs) That's what I beg the question of is like, you know, um, when that study was conducted by Pauline Rose Clance and Susan, Suzanne Imez, it was done in 1978. The majority of women, high achieving women that were in this study were not women of color. So, yes, imposter syndrome might very well be a thing. The imposter phenomenon is what they call it. Is very well a thing, you know. However, I think women of color more so struggle with um, with the racism in the workplace, and I think that leads to imposter like feelings. Mm-hmm. And I personally feel like that's why I scored a seventy four, because my time in corporate America, I have dealt with bullying systemic racism misogynistic Mm -hmm. people uh, Mm -hmm. marginalization uh, you name it I dealt with it and that led to a feeling of doubting my self confidence and my ability and my right to have a seat at the table and questioning Mm -hmm. I was in a leadership position for like I worked at the airline for 10 years, so seven years out of that 10, I was in a leadership position, and I was a young black woman who came as a peer and got promoted into a leadership position. All of my decisions were questioned constantly, constantly. I couldn't state anything without having the feeling of self-doubt or questioning myself or just, you know, all of those things. So this is why I wanted to bring up both, because I found it, you know, when I when I looked at the term imposter syndrome, I I felt like I could relate to that um, because of the feelings that I've had, you know, feeling like, you know, I'm not worthy or what I'm working towards is something that I shouldn't um, that I'm not worthy of achieving for myself because I didn't work as hard as other people or whatever the case may be. But then when I read that other article about how the system has constantly thrown in our faces as women of color that we are not adequate enough to sit at the table. I just really like Mm -hmm. put two and two together Mm -hmm. there and I wanted to bring it to you guys to see how you felt about that. I relate with you a hundred percent. Nia. (laughs) I feel like that's probably why my score was a 72 is because of my experiences in Um, corporate America and those workplaces, it put that anxiety on me where every time I do do something, it's just always like, and I hear the feedback from 
from multiple people that, you know, oh, what you're doing is great or this and that. But it's like sometimes I just I can't intake it like I can't internalize it. And it's just kind of words that just kind of fly by just because of my experiences in the past of like what you were saying. And I think because of those experiences and situations, it's created some type of anxiety and questioning of oneself. Like, well, am I really doing it? And then here you are, you turn into like this perfectionist of just always trying to achieve something for yourself. And it's really, um, you're really competing with your own self and no one else, you know? Well, I'll, I'll say, um, just cause this is new for me. So I'm just kind of learning by, uh, listening to y'all and, um, y'all experiences and the articles that you guys are presenting. Um, so it's really opened up my eyes to like, Hmm, like, um, people that I'm even around, like I'm around y'all or I've, you know, been in y'all's presence in y'all's space for quite some time now. So I never knew what imposter syndrome was. And I feel like with me, I feel like I've experienced certain things in the workplace. Um, uh, but like my thing with me is, and maybe that's why my score was so low, um, is because I know that I need to do what I need to do as far as my very best. If I know that it's my best and I know that I'm satisfied with my work, it was thorough, it's up to par, whatever, then I I don't really be paying no attention to what other people say. And people compliment me all the time. And my thing is, I don't know how to take compliments. It'd be like, oh, thank you. But I'd be like, go in a shell. Like, thank you. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? I'm that type. But I don't, I've never, I've never heard of this. So this is enlightening for me. So I'm learning a lot today. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Can I add to that? It also, um, as I'm sitting here listening and thinking, I also think back of my childhood. Like I always had pressure on me as a child to just be perfect. Anytime I brought home bees, it was not, it was not acceptable. Girl. Like I could not bring in bees. A C that was failing. Like mm-hmm. don't ever think to bring in a C. And it was always straight A's. I always had to be on my best behavior. I had to be this angel. I always felt like I had to live up to like a certain, um, like you were on a pedestal perception of something. Um, and I, I just always felt like I had to be the best of everything. And that just wasn't me. And because I did excel and I did well without the effort of having to study hard or try hard, you know, I, my dad recently told me, I think it was like last year, he was like, I always thought you just did the minimal effort. And I was like, what do you mean by that? He was like, I knew that you have the capability to doing, doing things, but you just, you just coast because I didn't have to put that much effort to do well. So I just did it without having to put the effort, if that makes any sense. I totally resonate with you on that because I felt the same way growing up. I felt like I was put on this pedestal and that if everything wasn't perfect, if I wasn't making A's and if I wasn't, like you said, being the good child, like I never did anything wrong. I was the y'all sneaking out the house. Oh, no, my mama kill me. Like, (laughs) you know, all of those, you know, things that there were so many, I guess, experiences that I missed out on because I was more so thinking about what other people thought and what my family thought and I feel like that kind of played a part into my imposter syndrome experiences because I'm feeling more uh thinking more so for sure about what they thought not what I wanted for myself but what they wanted for me what their picture of my life was supposed to be and I was aiming to hit that and I remembered when like my first year of college because I during high school and before that like that was a breeze like I graduated you know top 10 percent in high school all this Mm -hmm. I'm like college is gonna be easy that first paper I got in my psychology class I cried because I got like a d on it and I was like oh my god I've never seen this letter before and I didn't know how to handle it (laughs) so I think that that played a part in it too and going forward like in the rest of my life of why I scored a 60 and I want to hear I want to hear Nia's perspective as far as why she thinks but it's interesting that both of you guys say that and I wonder if y'all being the only children 
has a lot to do with that too because who else is there to focus Ooh. on because it's just y'all you know what i'm saying but then I'm, I'm thinking on the other side because nia also has a high score but nia has siblings and nia you nia's the middle child so i wonder if that has something to do with it too considering we went back to our childhoods hmm. yeah no i totally think that childhood played a role in it because as the middle child you have that pressure of um the first child has already laid the pavement so now you have that i need to i need to reach that standard i need to achieve everything plus more that the first child has and then you know as the middle child also you have the younger child who you're not necessarily competing with but like after you done fucked up for so many years they're like look at my angel child that's doing everything right <laughs> you know so now it's really like you know i'm just sitting in the middle just like watching everything but anyway um i don't know i i honestly would need to speak to a therapist to figure out why my <laughs> score is the way it that's is. real that's real though that's real yeah, it that's is. real that is because i'm thinking about mine and i'm like okay so why isn't my score higher and i'm the oldest so I'm not a middle child and I'm not the only child. So you would think being the oldest, like you said, Nia, a lot of it is like, oh, live up to the expectation mm -hmm. or set the foundation. And I don't know if the difference between me and my siblings is that the sibling after me was a boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you, Nia, it's all girls. So I get that. If there's pressure or something like that, or maybe, you know, your oldest sibling is doing something better and they're looking at you like, well, your sister, X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? But I was the oldest and then my brothers was under me. So it wasn't like... Mm. You know, I had to set general examples, you know what I'm saying, of just being a general fucking human in, in, in the world. But, like, as far as just what you were saying and living up to shit, like, I don't know. I made a lot of fucking mistakes. <laughs> I messed up a whole heap of a lot. Naima, do you think it's, um, do you think the fact that you were out on your own earlier may play a factor in your self-confidence? Because you, um, didn't you, like, move out on your own and... Um, got married earlier in life. So I wonder, that's actually interesting that you say that because growing up, being the oldest, what was put on me most, I feel, and I remember most as far as my childhood is that I feel like I played a part when it came to the upbringing of my siblings. So, and naturally so, because my mother was young, you know what I'm saying, when she started. So I just feel like that was just a natural order of things. And so when I left, it was involuntary, but even while I was home, my sense of independence has always been really strong. And I don't know if that has something to do with my relationship with my mother. I don't know if that has to do with the fact that I felt like a lot of responsibility was on me when it came to my siblings. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's just a little bit of everything as to why my mind was always like, go get yours, do what you need to do. You got this. Even if I don't feel 100% confident, I just always knew like you can't rely on nobody. So you got to make it. You got to make it happen type shit. So I don't know. Maybe. Do you mind me asking um, yeah, for ahead. the audience so they know um, how old were you when you went out on your own? So I turned 18 in June and two months later, I was ejected from my home. So, <laughs> so I was like August. So two months after I turned 18, me and my one year old baby, we left. So, yeah. And that wasn't the way that you would typically think somebody would leave their house or move out or like we're on our own. It was more so I was forced to be like, okay, this is what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with my level of confidence and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then how old were you when you had your child? Uh, the first one? Yeah. 17. Mm -hmm. That may yeah. have some something to do with it. Yeah, probably. Cause at that point in life, you, you, you're making like real life changing decisions, decisions yeah. at a very young age where mm -hmm. you, you don't have a chance to think twice <laughs> about like, you have to just do that shit. Like it's yep. survival mode at this point. Like you need to take yeah. care of your baby. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to take Absolutely. care of yourself. Yeah. Which I'm mm -hmm. sure it probably adversely affected other women in the same situation as you. Um, I can I could totally see, um, you know, given that situation, given those cards, 
being in the situation of self-doubt and not feeling like you're worthy of accomplishing certain things or just that you can, you know, you had a child young, um, you were out on your own young, you know, so I can easily see how that would translate into feelings of self-doubt and lack of confidence because it sounds like to me what you did is use that as fuel to fuel your confidence levels and to push you further into, um, you know, not feeling that imposter-like feeling. Um, but some people would probably internalize that and take that as mm-hmm. a feeling of failure. Um, yeah. So that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and back to the workplace, and this can kind of like um, translate into other realms of our life and not just in the workplace. It says when um, this, again, it's the article from the Harvest, Harvard Business Review. Um It says when employees from marginalized backgrounds tried to hold themselves up to a standard that no one like them has met and that they're often not expected to be able to meet, the pressure to excel can become too much to bear. So I think that goes back to what you guys were saying about your childhood is that, you know, you many of us were first time college students in our families. Many of us were first-time high school graduates in our families uh, and didn't have very many examples to follow of that. So feeling that pressure of achieving something where you don't have very many examples um, of that to follow can easily lead to those feelings of just, you know, striving to reach something um harder and just feeling like you know you don't deserve it when you get there because they gave examples the once engaged latina woman suddenly becomes quiet in meetings the indian woman who was a sure shot for the promotion gets vague feedback about lacking leadership presence the trans woman who always spoke up doesn't anymore because her manager makes gender insensitive remarks the black woman who's questions once helped create better products for the organization doesn't feel safe contributing feedback after being told she's not a team player for women of color the universal feeling of doubt becomes magnified by chronic battles with systemic bias and racism so um again bringing it back to the racism but just in general just having that pressure to to excel and I think as women we have that pressure more and as mothers we have that pressure more and and of women as color uh women of color we have that pressure more just to want to excel and succeed so badly but then feeling feeling that doubt factor like I just you know I had Mm -hmm. somebody tell me once that I'm the luckiest person they know and I was like really yeah Hmm. because it was, I, I believe, from their perspective, they felt like all of my achievements were pure luck, you know? And it's just it's just interesting. And and, and this, not even in my job, just in general, they're just like, you know, mm-hmm. you're the luckiest person I know. Like, you just, just good shit just always happens to you. And I'm like, yeah, see, interesting. <laughs> I want to say something to that because I, I was taught a long time ago um, that there's no such thing as luck or coincidence that everything is divine, right? So what's for you is for you, whatever that looks like. You know, we've heard, we've heard that all our lives. And it's like, how do you gauge luck? You know what I'm saying? Like, luck is by chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this wasn't supposed to happen to you, but by chance, it did. There was like, you know, I feel like that kind of waters down whatever your efforts or hard work yeah. or whatever it is that led you to this space, even if this is not a space that you even saw yourself in, somewhere along the line in your journey you've been placing these steps to get to where you're going and it's not like oh you just woke up one day you a bum on the street but you know what I'm gonna make you the CEO of a fortune 500 company because I just feel like making somebody lucky today like nah like I feel like you got to put the work in so I feel like luck is like minimizing whatever achievements or work you put in to even get to where you are you know what I'm saying Everything is divine. So that was just my little piece because I was like, I heard that shit before. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't believe in that. I want to add on that real quick. Just saying, you know, by those people trying to count your blessings, because that's what they were. It was blessings. Ooh. It wasn't luck. They're missing out on theirs. You can't catch your own blessings if you got your hands on somebody else's. 
say that's that all again. I had to say. That is a shirt. <laughs> that is a poster. That's a bumper you know. sticker. That's a notebook. <laughs> yes. We said it first here. So if we well, see we sure you did. on the market. We coming for you. Because yes. <laughs> In that order. In that order. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, y'all, it's, it's like that, though. Like, honestly, I think those comments did make me look at myself like, damn, have I just been lucky? Because honestly, like, the way the way a lot of shit happens, I be like, but, but I know it's God. <laughs> you know, like, I give that yeah. to God. I'm like, yo, like, God looked out on that one and that one and that one. Because <laughs> yes. imposter syndrome or not, it wasn't me that did it. It was definitely God. So, um, hello. Know, that's, that's that. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Hello. <laughs> I cannot take the credit for anything. I mean, I'll take a little credit, but all the credit and glory go to God. <laughs> all of it. Because it. it took a little hard work to get where we are. Okay. I was listening to a, a TD Jakes interview, and he said that so many people, like everybody is praying like god give me a table give me a table but god doesn't make tables god makes trees and it's up to us to do the rest hello did you catch it (laughs) and i thought that was so powerful girl thank god for the mute button because i'm over here wilding (laughs) look i'm over here fishing off me like did you catch it (laughs) you can't Pray for the Lord to prepare you a table that you're not ready to put the work in to build yourself. Oh, let me share. Oh, my God. That just struck a nerve. Um, Where was it? I think I posted it on my personal IG and it's gone. Um, Okay, here it is. You will not receive until you are ready to release. Make room for blessings and unexpected miracles. Okay, you have to be in a certain place of mind and spirit to receive. All right, and if that requires you to put in some work and some effort to match the other half of what God has waiting for you, then that's what you need to do. It's just not going to fall in your lap. Ooh, I feel like we're going to church. We're about to, about to enter another segment, but I'm just going to leave it there. Yes, yes. 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 If you're feeling compelled, you might need to say that because somebody might need to hear it. It ain't on your heart for no well, reason. Well, that was so. that was it. That's pretty much it. It's just like um, my whole life I always heard how, oh, you're rich, Malou, and, you know, um, your parents give you everything. Like, no, I've been working since I was 14, honey. Yes. You remember after school matters? I was earning my $5 an hour. Okay. All right. Yes. I work. I was even working since I was in eighth grade. Girl. I was working in seventh grade, working for my school field trip after mm-hmm. school. So to get my, you know, those class trips paid for. So I've been working ever since I can remember. So nothing has been handed to me. I just get tired of hearing that. So sorry. That was a little rant. No, no apologies necessary. No, yes, that's how you overcome those feelings. You know what I'm saying? Say it out loud. What the fuck you done? Who the fuck I am? Y'all ain't gonna keep telling me that this shit happened by luck. They got work for this. You know, you gotta say it out loud, and um, that's pretty much what I wanted to go over. So, if you do have those feelings, first and foremost, realize that nothing that has happened to you has been in your control it is from the most high god almighty did that and he will keep doing that other things that you can do to help overcome these imposter feelings you can talk to your mentors you can recognize your expertise like lou just said recognize the things that you've done to work to get to where you are and also if you go back and start like tutoring somebody or if people look to you for guidance and ask you like can you show me this realize that that's that you've come farther than they have because they're looking to you for knowledge so just understand that that's another way to realize how far you've actually come remember what you do well always consider with the things that you are doing well write it down things that you are truly good at and areas that might need some work Realize that no one is perfect. Not one person's perfect. Even the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies are not perfect. Celebrate your wins. Change your thinking process. People with imposter feelings have to reframe the way they think about their achievements. Um, and talk to somebody who can help. Talk to somebody who can help, i.e. a therapist. And with that being said, I just had major fucking deja vu. Like I've said this. 
Like mm. it just like whew, mm. I was reading the last three bullet points if, and yep. then coming back over to well, you. Well, that's guys, a great I thing, man. I really felt that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's because you've been here before. We all been yep. here before. <laughs> well, that means you're on the right path. You are yeah, where right? you're supposed to be. God was mm. like, yes, yeah, sis, say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> with that being said, we're going to pass the torch over to Lulu for our affirmations. Yes, yes, yes. It is time for Namaste True with Lulu. So, I just want to remind you that you deserve all the amazing things in your life and that you are truly, truly, you are worthy. So if those thoughts come in, just say to yourself, I am worthy. I am enough. I am talented. And shit, I deserve this. And with that, we send love and light your way. And namaste. Come on. Namaste, y'all. Come namaste. on. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> All right. Catch you next Until week, next y'all. time. Next Later. season. This finale. Was, We're terrible. This we didn't say yes. it one damn time. We didn't say it. <laughs> That's my fault. Anyway, wow. y'all, this is season finale. So, catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> We will catch you next season. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for And go check out season one mm-hmm. and season two mm-hmm. if you missed that because because <laughs> we're dope. It's a little hot. Period. Yes. Period. Period. <laughs> and we out. Love this episode of Sisology? Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sisology the Podcast. And don't forget to go rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite listening platforms. As always, we really appreciate your thoughts and feedback about our show. Got something you want to hear us talk about? Something you just got to get off your chest? Well, please send us your Dear Sis letters to DearSisology at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 312-970-1470. We listen to all of those voicemails, and we just might use yours in an upcoming episode. This has been a Sisology production brought to you by the Sisters. Original music produced by Chief Zuka and Freak Van Workum. Mixed and mastered by the ladies of the Sisology team. Now keep in mind that the content of Sisology is strictly the opinions of the Sisters. We are by no means professionals. Now remember... Mind your business, boss up, and go have a dope-ass week. Bye.